Hello and welcome back to the Now We Know Show, the show where we discuss a topic of interest and by the end we will have learnt something new and hopefully you will too. I'm Zach. I'm Buzz. And I'm Jack. And in this episode we're going to be discussing creativity versus politics. And in this special guest episode of the Now We Know Show, it gives me the greatest of pleasures to welcome an acting legend who has appeared in more productions than I've had hot dinners and is a British sci-fi icon, the one, the only, Brian Croucher. Hey. Big round of applause. Hi, Brian. Hello, good day to all, all you millions who are tuned in to this uh, podcast. I say hello and welcome. Well, Listen and you will receive some honey, and some sweet words. <laughs> we need to add that to the intro. <laughs> yeah, we have to add that in. Uh, we're talking about the people who are listening. We do have uh, quite a, a wide range of countries that people are listening in. Yes, yes, yes. We've had listeners from the UK, the United States, New Zealand, Ireland, the Netherlands, Canada, and Sweden. Right. So mm. I think for our international listeners, maybe we should put into perspective who Brian exactly is. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the UK that, I, I think you'd be very hard pushed to find anybody in the UK who hasn't watched a production mm. that's got Brian Croucher in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of people without any taste whatsoever <laughs> on television in many, 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 many productions. Yeah. Playing, um, I did play a priest once, but most times I'm bent, a bent and twisted person, <laughs> a policeman, uh, well, of course, a gangster, but, uh, you know, most people are bent and twisted and corrupted in some sort of way, you know, but uh, we have to play them, you know, we yeah. play, as actors, we play murderers, rapists, priests, uh, architects, grandfathers, et al. Yeah. And, and probably accountants as well. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 and some big accountants as well. Politicians. Thank yeah. God for big accountants. So, so maybe we, we, we're just going to uh, start off by a quick, quick uh, reminiscing over how uh, you know things we've seen you in, Brian. Mm. I mean, for me, I, I go back to the seventies, and uh, you know, unforgettable character of Borg in uh, Robots of Death. Robots of Death, where I yeah, was Doctor in Who. a silly costume with an overmade up. You know, yeah, the but, but it had a, it had a really iconic scene in there where where I think you're the only person that I can remember that has slapped the jelly babies out of Tom Baker's hand. I did indeed. Um, I was asked to do that by the scriptwriter. He wrote it down. Borg knocks the jelly babies out of Doctor Who's hands. So when it's written in the script. You have to do it. I, I like the, I like the fact that it was said knocked, and it, yeah. it, it was a right good old slap. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Well, shut up! <laughs> shut up! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and going on from that, of course, uh, there's other things uh, such as I've seen you in uh, Hammer House of Horror, the uh, the house that bled to death. One of my personal favourites. Yeah, Jack Jack's seen that. He's seen <laughs> you in that one. Uh, Last Days of Pompeii, where you played the gladiator, didn't you? I played Gladiator, Gladiator number four. His name was Melior. Melior. I was only in episode one because I retired. And uh, I retired with a, with a bag of gold and a wife. And uh, the director caught me smiling once. He said, Gladiators don't smile. I said, yes, but I've got away with my life. A bag of gold? And he said, don't smile. Oh, okay. you're always right. You're the director. Okay. <laughs> but inside you were smiling. Oh, yes, yes. I, 
I was anticipating. She was quite quite a, a beauty that uh, I was. <laughs> and uh, and of course, of course, you cannot escape us from bringing up Blake Seven and the iconic character of Space Commander Travis. Oh yes, Commander Travis Two. I was. I was two, you know, there were about six thousands. I was the second Travis. <laughs> second Travis. I've always, I always felt that, that uh, Space Commander Travis, when it came to villains in sci-fi, has, has kind of been overlooked. I mean, uh, and by that I mean, if you think about the ones that come straight to mind, like Darth Vader... Yeah, you know he he uses the dark side of the force. He he they build a Death Star. He wants to take over star systems. Mm. Then you've got Commander Travis, who single-handedly, and I mean single-handedly, because you only had one arm. The other one was cybernetic. Orchestrated the whole invasion force to invade the galaxy, <laughs> literally to to take over everything. You know. Well, coming up behind me very fast was Ozzy Osbourne. He had all the dark arts, although he was up in Birmingham at the time, and uh, I think he never left Birmingham. Who knows? Oh. But uh, yes, you know. I think I saw him on the news. He didn't he just do a surprise guest appearance at the Commonwealth Games when they were doing yeah, the... Yeah, and he's been in space for many years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, maybe just, just to round off on that before we start chatting about uh, creativity versus politics, of course, there's uh, EastEnders, where you played Ted Hills. I did, I played Ted Hills. And we... They ran to the hills and... <laughs> the sound of music. And that's one, yes. thing, one thing we kind of all got in common in the studio yes. today. Yes, very true. Because we've all been in EastEnders. In some capacity, we've in all some... been in yeah. EastEnders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm usually, I'm usually the old guy holding up the bar in the Queen Vic. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually chatting people up in the gay bar. <laughs> yeah. oh, they seem to, have, they seem to have typecast you. Yeah, I seem to always get that role. For oh dear. Yeah, Jack's, yeah. Jack's always in the, in the gay bar. I'm always walking around in some kind of capacity. Yes. So uh, yeah, EastEnders. There you go. At the end of it, we just see the back of my head. Remember, I, I too had a gay son. Well, he, he was, he was a little bit bi, but I mean. I had a I had a shoplifter for a daughter and a shirtlifter for a son. <laughs> now, now I think that's probably going to bring us straight Shall into. We stop there? <laughs> I think this is going to bring us into the creativity versus politics subject. Do you want to kick us off with this, Brian? You want me to kick off? Yeah. Well, um, I suppose censorship comes to mind uh, worldwide um, in many different countries. But look, I'll I'll start off with acting classes. Acting classes, you start off with an empty space. You put Brian Croucher in the middle, who happens to be, well, I don't happen to be, I've, I've been a, a, a socialist all my life, but I can play, I can play uh, working class Tories. Um, but it doesn't mean to say I believe in t- Toryism, conserve. I believe in generosity, in sharing. That's socialism. But, um, Conservatives of this country want to stop sharing. Uh, I.e., Richie Sunak the other day said, um, "We'll give money more so to commercial ideas in terms of students, but not the arts, not culture." Well, unfortunately, every country in the world, the earth, the world needs culture. They yeah, need definitely. stories so they can be educated to do this or to do that to make a choice but of course there are some countries namely possibly russia china north korea who censor yeah that is 
because they censor the arts, uh, what's said and what's shown. So I rest my case. Well, personally, I've seen this coming in, uh, even in, in our society now, we, we get more and more censorship things that appear, say, for example, before watching a movie. Yeah, um, yeah, mostly on yeah. streaming services. Mostly on streaming services. Uh, you mentioned one, didn't you, Jack? Yeah, so I was watching, well, I went to watch a film called The Last Samurai, starring Tom Cruise, which only came out in yeah. 2003, so less than 20, 20 years ago. And it didn't have a description for the film or the cast or anything. All it said was, this film may contain uh, offensive, outdated views. And I just thought that was a little bit... It, it deterred me from watching the film because it didn't tell me anything about the film. All it told me was that I should that, be offended. That, you're going yeah, to get offended. almost yeah. says what they think you, is more important. Yeah. They're, they're, they're well, making pretty, decisions for it. I mean, it's a two and a half hour film. And there's, Carry on, bro. It's pretty woke. Yeah. But then again, that's history. Look, years and years ago, I was at the Royal Court Theatre... Uh, in, in in London, in, in Chelsea, in Sloan Square, and I was in a play called Saved. Well, just before the production of Saved, there was um, something, uh, someone called the Lord Chamberlain, and he was, thank God, censored and got rid of. Um, and, you know, and a good example was pre-the Lord Chamberlain, Lord Chamberlain used to censor everything, all plays, all screenplays, any swearing, any nudity, anything a little bit um, untoward, yeah. he, he would get rid of. But free that, there was the famous play, the Catching Sink play, Look Back in Anger, where there's a character called Jimmy Porter, who's a working class lad who who gets gets involved with a middle class girl, but he, he's a bit angry. But he never swears. The F word never comes into it. He never calls her an effing bitch or anything like that because the Lord Chamberlain got rid of it all and just destroyed his character. Right. Um, so there was censorship for a start. We got rid of censorship, but it, it's it's still there. It's still sort of in the background because it depends on the producers what 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 play what, what film they want to produce. They hold the cards. Yeah, and I suppose hmm. it all comes down to viewership and money. And, uh, and I mean, back in the oh, 80s... No, 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 Pete, it comes down to education. How yeah. you educate people. Right, because I remember back in the 80s, you just get a lot of TV shows which uh, were really quite... Uh, they were very forward for their time. I mean, things like uh, The Young Ones, etc., which were written, I think, uh, partially Ben Elton had something to do with it. And Ben Elton, as a writer, used to be really quite outspoken on politics and, and all sorts of things. But I think that kind of uh, approach to writing now would probably be stomped on quite quickly. Hmm. Well, I mean, nowadays you can say all sorts of words... The F word, the C word, uh, you could talk about <laughs> anything and everything. Um, so it depends where censorship starts and finishes and why it starts and why it finishes politically. And uh, so, so how does that compare, as I uh, going back to when you when you first started learning the, your craft and uh, you, know, you must have, uh, yeah. I remember you saying to me about you did your boot camp um, where was that? It was in our holiday uh, resort, wasn't it? Oh, Butlins. Butlins. Yeah, Butlins, that's it. And yes, I was a red, red coat at Butlins, uh, an entertainer. So you, um, yeah, it must have been far less, uh, yeah, more open for what you could do back then. 
with people taking less offence over things, I would imagine. Well, it was okay then, but then it got to a stage where it wasn't okay. And now it's got to a strange area where most things are not okay. And that's called woke, you know, and I, I suppose that's comedy. Um, I mean, Jim Davidson wouldn't have a career, would he now? No, Jim Davidson, um, uh, Eddie Free Star, you know, they would probably just wouldn't even get a look in, would they? Pretty Star, yeah, yeah, none of them, no. Um, so, but overall, there is a control factor in censorship, which uh, I'm not sure that uh, is is right or wrong. Uh, I, I've never quite known which way. You know, the barometer is is in the middle and goes, you know, 40%, 60%, and 50%. But really, uh, in, in terms of the earth, the worldwide thing, there are so many... I mean, there were... Look, look at uh, sport, for instance. There were so many countries that were competing in the Commonwealth Games that, uh, that didn't believe homosexuality should exist in their countries. Yeah, I mean that 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 again is is far more controversial uh, in uh, those countries these days. Whereas in our society, it's just become the norm, which it should be. Yeah. You know, it's just you know everyday everyday thing. I don't really don't understand why people are still quite medieval in their viewpoints these days. Mm. <laughs> medieval. We know about you at Medieval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to that. <laughs> I see you in suits of armour. Oh, I do, I do like uh, wearing armour. Maybe not in the temperatures we've been having recent, recently in the UK. But, yeah. Good conditioning. Yeah, but although it does do, yeah, as Zach said, it's good conditioning for the yeah. heat. Discussion and argument, well, not argument, analysis goes all over the place, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, n- now there is woke. I mean, there were comedians... Um, who wouldn't go anywhere near Bernard Manning, namely the young ones. They they didn't do Bernard Manning jokes yep. or, or, um, or the, the two that we mentioned earlier. But um, nowadays drama touches on all sorts of stuff, which, um, which was frowned upon. Well, which is frowned upon. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Just I was just listening to uh, to the radio and this this man Jones in America, who Donald Trump followed and uh, and and Nigel Farage they both followed him and he lied about the Sandy Hook. I mean he was censoring the idea. Oh yes, this that is the children and teachers were shot. Yeah, this mm. is the chap uh, that was recently in the news. For those people listening who don't uh, maybe have not caught it, they should have done because it's been an international news story. But he was the conspiracy theorist chap, isn't he? Who basically said that the Sandy Hook school shootings were just made up. They were Alex, staged. Alex Jones, his name was. It was Alex well, Jones. That, that's political and, and censorious in 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 its right there. You know. I mean, people, for their own particular uh, wants, they they change they they change the deck chairs on the Titanic. They they move it about a bit the uh, the, the subject matter, uh, and uh, you know there are it's, it's terrible that these people not exist. I don't want them um, uh, killed. I don't want them put in a gas chamber. But uh, it's terrible that they've got these ideas. When there are certain facts, that, or facts that we, we wouldn't go along with, uh, of theirs, there yep. are certain facts, there yep. are pictures, there are 
there are witnesses there are you know there are survivors there but isn't that part of the uh because of obviously we've got social media these days which which you know I didn't have when I was growing up at all. Uh, but social media, so many people. I mean, I think there was a bulletin on the news, a little news feature where it said that most teenagers these days get all their news literally from social media, from Instagram, yes, from Facebook. we very much live in the age of misinformation. And, and they just grab these little sound bites. And I do remember seeing on the news a teenager who was being interviewed and she said that what's the point in you know buying newspapers? Uh, what's the point in... Looking at different news channels on the television, when and the, in in her words, the the telephone knows everything. <laughs> Who's behind that telephone? Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the problem because it's the people behind the telephone. They're yeah, trying to convey a, a message. Listen, I, this is real time. I've got to open the door for the postman. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you go for it. it. Oh, he's got a photograph of the gun that's just arrived from America. Oh, the bomb. A bomb? Oh no. <laughs> Is it boom? Does your dog bite? <laughs> that's a reference to. That's a reference to yeah. Pink Panther. So you got a bit, bit of a Pink Panther thing going on there, Brian. A what? Pink Panther sketch going on there. Is this a, a is this is this a boom? Is this your boom? <laughs> <laughs> a boom. Yeah. So what was I going to say? No. Um, social media is electric poison, isn't it? Oh gosh, yes. That's actually and a really nice way of putting it. That is a lovely way of putting it. Well, electric an, anti-social poison. media. Isn't yeah, it? anti-social media. There's a chap that we've worked on on different movies who... Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy, that's it. And uh, he, that's it. he calls it anti-social media. Mm-hmm. Well, it can be, but, I mean, there's one thing. I, when, when Facebook first came out, I censored it in as much that I didn't want to be... I didn't want to know what colour toilet paper people used that morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it wasn't <laughs> used. People having an argument, I think the blue toilet paper is much thicker than the, than the pink. Oh, where do you get yours? I get mine in Lidl. Oh, I never go to Lidl. Yeah. I go to Waitrose. Oh, I can't afford to go to Waitrose. Oh, shut up. Get off. Next, you'll be mentioning which way you have hang the toilet roll. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll I cause some division. Uh, that banter and tittle-tattle and uh, all of that goes into what we're doing now really yeah. but we're, we're serious folk we are oh very serious yeah we're, we're, we're nowhere we're at we're at yeah <laughs> um so uh, yeah with social media and go back to the conspiracy theory thing the problem is is you get characters like like that and they people don't realize they're actually making millions out of people following them and and the more that they put out this disinformation and the more publicity they get, they're making money. The more clue that they invent, yeah. Yeah, mm. they, they make money off it. I mean, uh, you know, they, I, I, could anybody uh, remember how much uh, that chap was uh, fined in court? Well, I'm not sure. I know he's got a big following, though. Yeah, but it was several million dollars, mm. wasn't it? But that, then afterwards, they were just saying, he'll just put a call out to all his followers yeah, exactly. and say, oh, can you donate money? Yeah. And that's what they'll do. He'll be back up to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it, it, it comes round to the pound note. That's why they can't, they can't stop people going on Instagram, Facebook and all of that because people are going on there to make money. And it, that's where... That's where the politics, it comes right round to politics, control, the dollar, the pound note, the euro. Every, it's, it comes to that. And if people would forget about that a little bit 
and get on with their spiritual and soulful lives, then uh, we'd all be in a better place. I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly when it comes to creativity, you you really shouldn't stifle it. I mean, that's yeah. that's part of a, a basic human ethics. Uh, you know, we've we, even from the, the the dawn of man, we've mm. sat around fires and and been told stories because that's part of who we are. Yeah. Some of us have been held over fires. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what for telling stories? <laughs> Censorship, does that have like a detrimental effect on creativity? To young writers and young creators. Yeah. Is censorship damaging their potential? Well, I think, I think it does. I think written in the correct way, there is a subtle way of, 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 of writing a scene about sexual intercourse. You could just see that it happens between individuals. You don't need to show it. There's a set, you know, I'm going back one stage to torture. You could show the fire. You could you could show the person naked, um, and uh, you know you can intimate that torture did happen in the in the early early centuries. Um, so you're not censoring it in one way. You're you're modifying it. Yeah, but don't, I, don't, I do find, being an amateur historian myself, I do find that when you get a lot of the historical uh, TV dramas, uh, I know there's kind of difference here, isn't there, with TV dramas and uh, period dramas. Costume dramas. Yeah, costume mm-hmm. dramas, it could be different. But when they're, when they're meant to be depicting actual historical events, uh, I do find that they, they change them quite a lot these days or try and water them down. Yeah. Yeah, there was a movie, I don't know if you've seen it, a movie that came out recently, uh, Brian, and it was called The Northman. Mm, Have you yes. seen that one or heard of it? Um, I've seen it, I've caught a few of the biking ones. The one I did like was the comedy one, saying, you know, why, did, why didn't you come on The Last Voyage with us? Well, I had to look after the goats, didn't I? You know, all, <laughs> all that, I forget what that one was called, what's that called? <laughs> Uh, oh, Norseman? Yeah, Norseman. Northman or Northman. Norseman. Yeah, Norse, Norseman. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I caught a couple of little bits of Why that. Why are you holding my wife's hand? Well, because we've fallen in love. <laughs> oh, well, where does that be? Well, it leaves you in that tent over there, and I'm in this tent with your wife over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Vikings for you. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, when it came to the Northman coming out, that that's... Uh, Got quite a, a, it was hit quite hard for yeah, being, by the critics by the critics for being over masculine. But when I watched it, it was a really good, as far as I was concerned, from a historical perspective, it was a really good re- representation of what you would assume life was like back in uh, the the Viking period. But oh, the one I did see, Pete, was the one about England when the Danes came over. As there's, there's a Danish guy playing the lead. Um, it's, oh, it's this happy land or something, this this land of ours or something. I, but my wife was watching it, and, and because she's a bit like yourself, she has to study history, being an illustrator. Uh, and she said, "This is all, um, this is all kosher stuff." Um, uh-huh. hist- historically, they got it spot um, on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ko- kosher is a Jewish word for good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, uh, and that's the thing, but. Uh, increasingly more people are getting kind of offended mm. by seeing things and so they keep changing stuff to soften it when yeah. it comes to history. Well, I always find that the clothing and the the visages are all a bit, um, they're all a bit cleaned up. Yeah. Um, 
I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, being on set on, on different movies, you can get some wonderful costumes, but, and they're, they're dirtied up, they're grubbied up. They're, it looks like yeah, you've, been, you've been... Yeah, they call that breakdown. Yeah, they've broken the costumes down. They get broken down, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you get other 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 productions where everybody looks so clean. Squeaky clean, yeah. <laughs> this isn't... This isn't <laughs> Brand right. new. Well, look, All the look teeth at Peter, Peter O'Toole and Richard Burton in Beckett, you know. Uh-huh. Were they were they clean or dirty? <laughs> well, in real life, they were really dirty. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, I never met them, but uh, no, but they were clean. It was it was you know that that sort of period of uh, you know, there was Spartacus as well. They were all a bit clean, weren't they? Yeah, um, going mean, way back. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> I'm not Spartacus. I don't want to be crucified. No, you're, wait, you're, what? Wait, what? You're, you're Melior. I'm Melior, yeah. That's it. I've got the bag of gold. Good old Melior. Melior and his wench. Am I allowed to say yeah. wench? See, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. the, the... I was that lion coming towards me. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it. I mean, I just said, you know, you, you had your wench and then you suddenly stop and think, Am I allowed, should I say the word wench yeah, maybe these we days or am I going to offend somebody? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had my wedge and my wench. Your wedge and your wench, yeah. <laughs> loads of money. As Harry Enfield would say, loads of money. Loads of money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, no. But it's, it's, it is, um, it does make you think, you know, where censorship and where, where censorship is and where it's not and where it should be and where it isn't. I mean, do, uh, do you think yeah. that uh, censorship has it's been sort of I, I know you, you used to do a lot of stage pantomimes, didn't you? Yes, I, I, I still do. If offered, oh, still, you know, oh, great. If okay, anyone's in, in Kent is offering me a yeah. pantomime, I'm still available. Yes, Brian mm. is still available. Contact his agent now. He wants to do more pantomimes. But the reason I bring up the pantomimes is because pantomimes in, in the UK and England uh, have always been um, yeah, famous for being really quite rude for the adults in the audience but it goes over the head of most of the children that are seeing the, the, the silliness of the pantomime. But I've been led to believe that recently they've been coming down on that. Is that correct? They've been cleaned up, yeah. And, and do, you, well, do you think that that is, because uh, of course that's censorship, do you think that uh, is taken away from that tradition? Well, you're asking me something. I mean, I, I, like, I like the Deborah entendres. I like the subtext. I mean, mm. I, I played the Emperor of China once, uh, China and uh, Aladdin had to come, had to rush on stage, and and his first line to me was, "Have you got prawn balls?" <laughs> and, uh, and I, my reply was, "No, it's just the way I walk." Well, I'm not sure if, if, if the kids would have got that one. No, I'm uh, sure they wouldn't. That's the point. But it is funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's we're all like, laughing. Yes, we're all laughing here. <laughs> But, you know, and, and so, to me, it seems str- strange and, and quite odd that somebody would then, uh, they, they, they might put uh, what they call triggers on trigger things. Warnings. Trigger warnings. Trigger yeah, warnings. This, this well, pantomime, this pantomime might... The serious, the serious play that I was in once, uh, some some years ago, at, at the Royal Court, in, was a play about uh, Christie, Reginald John Christie, the mass murderer. And... Uh, I played a police constable, and uh, it was a it was a limerick, and I was digging in the garden for more bodies, and I was digging in the garden, and the limerick came out something like this: There was a young man from Tashkent whose cock was horribly bent. To get over the trouble, he stuffed it in double, and instead of coming, he went. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, again, that, that is an adult limerick, which we're laughing at. You know? <laughs> We've got to be honest, we're laughing at. But there's other people nowadays that would would be terribly offended. Oh, no, oh no, yeah, I can't have that. You can't yeah. have that. Terribly uh, outdated. I mean, is, is that is that to kind of humor, that kind of almost carry on humor? Is, is, you know, are we losing that? Are we losing I the think ab- it's already gone. To are, are, we, are we losing the ability? I mean, is it, have we gone too far with that censorship? I mean, is it really that offensive? Mm-hmm. Or are there places where you should still be able to express yourself in that way? Well, when it comes then to what's good and what's bad, you know, if you're a bad person, then you should be censored, you should be put in prison, you should be laughed at, you should shouted at. Um, uh, some people might, might actually say you should be hung. Um, but it, if you're a good person, uh, it doesn't really come into it, does it? You don't need to be censored because you're, you're an angel, you're, well, you're, you're a, a card-carrying labour. Person. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it comes down to what's good and what's bad, and how we how we look at what's bad, and how we educate the the, the bad out of society. Well, I think that's that's the uh, eternal battle, isn't it? Really, mm. in in human society, is to try and sort of get that balance, isn't it? Well, what does money bring you? Money brings you corruption. Um, and all sorts. It brings you bottles of wine that cost five thousand pounds each. It uh, it gets you a, an an Alfa Romeo, and it also gets you cool girls. Well, none of us want our our daughters or even our sons to be in the cool the cool girl cool boy rent boy business uh, because it's not it's it's not very nice. So you know, money actually. It's the root of all evil. Well, you, as that's I say, what my father told me. Money corrupts, doesn't it? Hmm. But, yeah. But then, you know, that's you. you but you see this again. So then with, it goes back to. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, me. no, no. Then no it problem. goes back to socialism and and sharing. If we all shared a little bit more, instead of trying to conserve, yeah, and, and enjoyed ourselves, we wouldn't be in this climate change that we're in now. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, uh, overall the. The uh, capitalist society, that the, the way it's the way it's built around us, is all about selling the product, selling the dream, consuming, uh, consume, consume, consume. Uh, there's a conspiracy. Absolutely. There's a conspiracy theory that uh, we intend to do uh, a podcast on, which is called the Great Reset. And part of that, they use a terminology says that you will own nothing and be happy. And and what is behind that is that ultimately they're trying to push for a society supposedly this is trying to push for a society where you don't buy you you rent your house you lease your car you uh obviously pay your subscriptions for your streaming or, services, streaming services internet, yeah. you know, everything that you, everything that you have you don't actually own but every yeah. they make they the great they are making money from you by cons- you're continually consuming yeah, as long products. as you keep paying for it you can have it yeah. as long as you keep paying for it they don't want you to own anything well, it's your birthright. You're, you're born owning nothing. But isn't where isn't that ultimately? Well, for me anyway, that's kind of. I mean, you know me, Brian. You've often seen me on uh, my Instagram posts. I'm, I'm in a forest here. I'm sitting here and, and yeah, just enjoying are. nature. Um, I'm happiest when I actually have got the most basic things around me. I think that happiness can be found in 
less. Yeah, but mm. you know, your 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 bushcraft shelter. If I came along and said, "Oh, hi, P, can can I sit in there with you and and just watch it, watch the bats?" Yeah, you'd say, "By all means, Brian." Well, of course, you'd be welcome. <laughs> I'd get a coffee. You're welcome. You. There's room. Yeah, if you've got the time and the inclination. Bum bum bum. Yeah. Or you say, that would be £10, please, for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, I'm missing a trick there. I'm too generous, aren't I? <laughs> it's Brian Croucher. Well, right, that's 50 quid. <laughs> that's something I was going to say. This podcast will cost you all a tenner each. Right? <laughs> uh, right, so where do you see the sort of censorship going? You know, do, you, do you see the censorship and politics? Is it on a slippery slope? Or do you think that's there's a chance to pull this kind of censorship and woke censorship back? Well, I, I think we should censor the, the Conservative Party in this country because they, they've taken us to a terrible, terrible place. I know they, um, and of course I'm going to bring that dirty word that some people might say, Brexit into play now. And I'm going to play that card now. But I know the pandemic and the, U- the Ukrainian war was not of um, the Conservative Party's um, making or, or Boris's making, but I mean, they've taken us to a terrible, terrible place. You know, our country is on its knees and, and it should be functioning in a much more generous way. Well, there are, you know, I, something I heard the other day, the, a warm bank, as opposed to a food bank, it will be places where you, a place where you can go to get warm because you can't afford the heating in your house. Uh, isn't, isn't that called the local library? Well, yeah. yeah I, mean, well, I say that, I, 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 don't, I, I don't, don't mean to... Cinemas cost you money, but I don't mean to jest. It's just they do say that a lot of people in the winter do uh, go off to the local library because it's warm. That's interesting because you bring up libraries. That's another form of censorship on books now. You're getting censorship yeah. warnings. Oh, yeah. Oh, the trigger, trigger warnings on books. Yeah. Or even some books are just being stopped from being published in this country now because mm. they might contain outdated views and opinions. Yeah. <laughs> or even when they're published into the library that some libraries won't accept. Well, of course, there are other libraries. This is a form of censorship as well. They've shut down libraries before they shut down um, other places. And, and that is cultural censorship. Well, yeah, you know, we need culture. Yeah, there's an awful lot of uh, people that have compa- campaigned to try and keep their local libraries open um, because obviously the local authorities are strapped for cash. And so I suppose they have to see what uh, what amenities they can afford to uh, invest in and what ones they just need to cut. Well, there you, you come back to cash control conservatives. You know, uh, it, it, it all comes back to that in the end. Whether people say, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not political," well, you are political, but by virtue of the fact that you are living, yes, because I mean, it's being done to you. I mm. mean, the one, the one thing that everybody has uh, a right to, well. In this country, I mean, obviously in most countries, but there are, you know, the, the more you look at uh, voting in other countries, then it probably gets more and more rigged or they don't get a right at all. But if we just stick with the UK for the moment, that is the one thing that you do as an individual have. You know, you have the right to vote. And if you don't vote, then I think that's a... You don't get it. Yes, it's a big... Yeah. It's a, there's that, 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 that 
kind of is, is very disappointing when you hear people saying, "Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not voting," because uh, when when you don't vote, uh, it, it, what they say is, if you abstain, you can't complain. It's it's kind of, uh, you know, it's throwing away that one thing that you you have. You know, on the other hand, people say, "I'm not racist." Well, we're all racist. There, there are some people that I love to be amongst, um, but then there are other people who I don't like to be amongst. Um, that's, they're more individuals as opposed to a race. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, it doesn't that come down to more like we all ha- we we all have our own prejudices mm. against people uh, yeah. around us. You know, there's people, as you say, people you don't want to mix with. There's people you do want to mix with, and that's dependent on maybe the lifestyle that they lead, things like that, and oh, the type of people. That's that's people who go that's faster in a fast car at sixty miles an hour in a thirty mile an hour limit. Exactly. You know, you want them to keep going. Yeah, whereas uh, the, when you speak... I've always found this quite curious because we, we speak um, of race. Uh, you know, it's on the news every day, race, racism, race, this, race, that. Ultimately, though, when you actually look at that word, the human race is only one race. There aren't separate races. We are all human beings of, of the one race. So, technically, people aren't being... Well, then, you can't actually... But then carry Pete, you come back to the car... Years ago, there was a colour bar that there were white people censoring black people, yeah. saying no dogs, no Irish, no. Oh, no I agree. Blacks. I agree. But that that's that's more than being racist because the black people that have a dark colour skin or people who are different ethnicity, like Irish, that's being prejudiced against those individuals for a certain um, feature. But uh, although we use the word racism. You can only be racist against another race if there is actually another race to be racist against. But we're 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 all one human community. I think the thing is, if people could see us, if people could start accepting everybody as being, we're all one big family. That yeah, we're all one team. We're all one team. We are the crew of Spaceship Earth, well, you, and we your, need to your work together. Must been sold. QED Quadrat a demonstratum, Pete. Yep. If we could all, if we if we could. Carry on. If we could all be one family and see that this fragile spaceship Earth that we live on needs to be looked after, then the world would be a far better place. I think so. I think we all agree in that. But there are people listening who may not agree. <laughs> well, it goes back to goes back to what yeah goes back to what you were saying, Brian, about politics and money, because of course they yeah. they tend to be unfortunately one of the, some of the overriding factors. If people can make money out of something, they will. They will. Try. They will make money out of it. Obsession with greed, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's people, that's sold to people, people every day of the week, isn't it? Obsession with people collect incredibly strange things. But if you're in the middle of a forest fire and it all goes, you're still the same person. With all those those two thousand matchboxes that you collected years ago. And cheese labels, they yeah. all got up in smoke. You're still the same person. Exactly. Well, human nature seems to, I mean, yeah, I, forget, yeah, I have to forgive myself. I, I, I own a Dalek, a full size Dalek, you see. <laughs> and I love collecting the odd bits and pieces. Uh, being, being a, a, a weapons instructor who teaches medieval swordsmanship, I own an awful lot of medieval items and, and things. But you're, you're, you surround yourself with things that you like. But as you say, at the end of the day, if it all went up in a puff of smoke, the the thing that you're left with is yourself. What have you got to show for it? it, Let's put it this way again. If I came to you and said, listen, Pete, 
I need a broadsword. Have you got one? And you say, I, I would expect you, you would say, yes, I've got one. There's this special one here. And I say, could I borrow it? I'm, I'm making a film about blah, 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 about this family and their late ancestor was a great broadswordsman. Mm -hmm. And you'd say, well, of course. Of course, Brian. And then, yes. then there'd be a price on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> For you, Brian, there is not a price. <laughs> no, but you would share, you see, whereas yeah. some people would, would never share. Yeah. You know, they buy pictures or they buy diamonds and they put them in a safe in yeah, hat and never to be seen again. Yeah, that does that, that part of human nature does does uh, intrigue me and also puzzle me in that people can spend fortunes on things which would that money would just a fraction of it sometimes would make such a difference to other people's lives, but they'll buy a, an item glacier water you know that's thousands and, for a glass and, and they'll they'll buy an item a painting or something and as you say it will just go in a private collection in a safe somewhere never, never to be, to be seen, seen again. again and well i've got i've got a, a friend who um the short short part of this story is he had a hair transplant uh, which cost him a few thousand pounds uh, he went to another country to have it done but then his little dog got sick and he had to have the dog scanned, um, and uh, it, it cost him a few thousand to have the dog scanned. The dog never woke up because they said the spine is as a problem. Don't wake him up. Let him go. Oh, well, you know, he said it cost me thousands to have this dog scanned. I said, well, if you did not had your hair transplant, you could have paid for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's individual priorities, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you come back. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm more than happy to be driving around in, in my old second-hand uh, car because I find that it does the job, gets me from A to B. It's a reliable yeah. wagon, but I would never go out and choose to buy a brand-new Mercedes at however many hundreds of thousands of pounds. You're scared to scratch it. <laughs> I'll be scared to scratch it. People have multiple cars that they yeah. use for different occasions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You know. I've, never, I've never bought a new car in my whole life. The closest I got was when I was in EastEnders, and I had a few bob, and I'd read about these these new cars that were a combination of a Merc, a Jag, a BMW, blah blah blah, called a Lexus. Oh yes. And I, I was driving to Boreham Wood once, to, and there was this and there was this second-hand Lexus on sale, and I needed a, and I stopped in my old car. And I, I said, and I made a deal with the guy, and I phoned my wife and I said, I've just bought, I've just bought a, a brand new second-hand Lexus, and I've had Lexuses ever since, only because I think they're great cars and they're great. I mean, the last two I bought were two thousand five hundred each. I, I state that to the tax man, but uh, they were, and they're they're just such sophisticated cars. Um, but, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I've never bought a new car. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I, if, you, you, if you buy the right car in the market, you can get great deals. Exactly. You know, I mean, we've got a couple of Hondas, and uh, we do a lot of, you know, going back to my bushcrafting and, and outdoor pursuits, uh, I need a 4 before because I'm off tracking over fields and things. Uh, we are Hondas. They've always been reliable. You know, mm. it's great, but I would never consider buying a brand new one because I think it's kind of inside myself as an individual that seems to be so extravagant to fork out that kind of money mm. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas buying a second-hand car is is very much like recycling, if you like. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, none of us can help the climate change. We can't buy heat pumps. We can't buy electric cars. We can't put solar panels on the on the roof. Um, so we've we've sort of, in a reverted way, said it ourselves. Just we haven't got the thousands that we need to uh, to, to help to backtrack to make, yeah, to make the uh, difference. Our way, just get us out of what we've got ourselves into with coal fires, petrol engines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, to be to be talking about the the global climate change, um, yeah, I mean the UK. In it, I think it, it, it you check the figures on this. I'm thinking. I'm, yeah, you know, anybody who's listening to this can check it and let me know if I got this wrong. But I think for the whole of Great Britain, we add about four percent of the world's global carbon footprint to the atmosphere. That's four percent. So even in the UK, if we could turn everything round and, and go literally carbon neutral, each and every one of us went to carbon neutral and did our bit. If we could afford it, because like you say, Brian, it, it costs a lot of money. Down to money again, to yeah. Get to that position. But if we could do it, and we could stop adding that four percent to the global uh, carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, it wouldn't make a jot of difference globally because China are building more and more coal-fired power stations. So are India, uh, Russia. They're, they're belching out stuff left, right, and centre. They don't really have any intention. Of... They, they, don't, have no they, intention. they have no intention because they've said we, you, you in the West have had your industrial revolution. We, we, we should be allowed to have ours, and and the whole of India runs off of coal. Um, so it's it, we're, we're on a hiding to nothing, I think, at the moment. Hmm. I know. I mean, in terms of a pound note, I've bought a load, load of logs, and log fires are worse than um, than petrol. Uh, apparently, my log burner—I've got a lovely log burner—but uh, you know, instead of paying uh, hundreds and thousands out for electricity or gas, I'm you know I'm going to make make sure that the lo- there's a log fire burning. 24 hours a day in my house. Well, I've got to admit, we're exactly the same in our cottage. You know, we've invested in a log burner, so we're not burning gas anymore because we're all gas central heating. And we had that installed uh, last winter and it worked really well. And the, uh, yeah. you know, so it, it's, I don't, I don't know where, but the, of course, most people now in modern houses that are getting built wouldn't even have the facility. No chimneys. No chimneys. Or fake chimneys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they wouldn't have the facility for those. They are literally tied into, you've got to have gas or, cent- or electric central heating because that's all, all you're going to have. That's part of the house. Yeah. Part of the house. I know. It's a, so, you know, the, the censorship politics control, and that comes down to money as well. You know, if they want to control the climate change, we, we haven't got the money to censor ourselves. <laughs> so when it comes to uh, the, the subject material of creativity versus politics, um, where, do you, where do you see it going? I personally would do anything and play anything if I thought it was uh, instructional, educating. I, I, I go back to, you know, if you're playing character, you're playing... As, as, a, as an actor, you're playing Hitler. Well, you can't censor your performance. You've got to kill as many Jews, homosexuals, gypsies as possible to be the real Hitler. You can't, you can't portray a soft Hitler. Well, Nobody that's the ever thing. has. Yeah, so that's the saying, 
those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if, if you're playing a, a historical character, that's where it's written in, uh, and you're doing it an injustice if you try and uh, alter it. Yeah. Alter it. Mm. Mm. Change, change the personality, yeah. Sorry, on a, on a sort of smaller scale, we've talked a lot about in the past about how on streaming services now they're sort of actually changing how films are presented to you. Yeah, it's mm. se- so older, secret censoring, you yeah, could call it. Yeah, older films, they're kind of cutting scenes out and altering lines and things to make it more PC. Yeah, I've noticed that. And that that in itself is a kind of a, a censorship that I don't think a lot, a lot of people realise they're being subjected to. Because they yeah. don't know. Because yeah. if if you watch an older movie uh, that has certain you know ideas or certain scenes, certain um, attitudes yeah, yeah. being presented, mm. and then you go and watch it, and you go, hang on a minute, it's missing a bit. <laughs> so it's missing a bit. Something's been taken out of this. If you've seen the full if version. If you've seen though. the full version, but then then you run a streaming service and you've never seen it before. Somebody in an office somewhere is making decisions on what they think hmm. you should be allowed to see. On a 50-year-old film. <laughs> but you don't know that that's happened because you've not seen it before. Yeah. You know, and it's the yeah. same on TV. It's very interesting. We've changed the word um, from politics to censorship. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about censorship, hmm. uh, which is quite interesting. And, I mean, I go, I go back to a, a writer gets an idea... Um, and uh, he he goes to a producer and the producer commissions him he writes the idea the producer then uh, validates it by getting a director or gets some money from um, an an influencer who wants to put money in it and then they have to get a director then the director says I don't know um, the 22 year old one legged Chinaman in England who could ah a cast director so then the casting director comes into play so that it's being censored along the way and then the casting director gives it to you and you get a censorship of what the writer you know you're the one-legged chinaman and then you're asked to play a two-legged chinaman with just one ear you know uh, so it's being censored along the way yeah i see where you're coming from yeah yeah but it's interesting that we've changed politics to censorship Mm-hmm. We did touch on the politics side as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, politics in itself every day censors. Yeah, it uses censorship in order it has to, a point of view uh, mm. into only allowing the the general public x amount of information that it wants yeah. wants yeah. people to know. But I suppose this the maybe it's becoming a uh, lost skill, but the individual person has got to somehow wade their way through all of this mass of information, <laughs> fake and but that false information. In America had a point of view and he made millions out of it. He was allowed to make millions for yeah. that station that he had that program on. Uh, so there's the censorship in, in, in being negative about things, saying we can't have that. And there's censorship saying, oh yeah, let's have that because we can make money out of it. So yeah. censorship works both ways. Yeah, I mean, okay, if I come right up to up to if you look at the censorship that they're getting in Russia at the moment, I mean, the amount of weird stories that the it's uh, unbelievable that the Russian uh, mm-hmm. propaganda machine is telling the actual everyday Russian citizen, and then when you hear what what they're being told, you're thinking this is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Yet the uh, an average Russian citizen may well be there going, yes, you know, we're, we're helping the Ukrainians. We're sending them food parcels, you know. We're, we're yeah. trying to liberate them from their Nazi the over, overlords. The power of the information. Em- 
the average Russian would say, yeah, average Russian would say, you, you're talking a lot of Duncan, Pete, by saying that we, we're, we're saying all this, and that we're having this told to us. No, that's not been happening as far as we're concerned, what you're telling us. So, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly... Uh... A very big subject that to deal with in, in the world. Very worrying subject. Very wor worrying subject at this present time, yeah. As long as censorship is on the tip of our tongue and in the front of our brains, that's the best we can do. Yeah. Well, that's very wise words. And very wise words. Perhaps we, we should sort of round off with. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. You've got six questions for yes, me, have you? Yes, yes, you've preempted my next, we have a little section, uh, which we call the uh, six-shot quickfire questions. Are you happy for me to hit you with these, Brian? Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we, we always ask um, all our um, special um, guests a, a series of questions. It's a, a bit light-hearted moment. I've, yeah. I've got no comment. Okay. No comment. If you don't want to answer one, you just say pass. Yeah. Or no comment. Or no comment. <laughs> right. Are, are you ready for this, Brian? Yes. Right. Okay. Question one: What has been your favourite character to play? Well, I did play a character called Chris Cottle in a in a series called Out, six part series called Frank Rush's Out, and he. I've been asked many times in my career to play bad people, but Chris Cottle, in essence, was a good person. He looked after Frank's wife and child whilst he was in prison. So. It was it was it was exhilarating playing a good person, Chris Cottle in Out. Right, Chris Cottle in Out. Question two: What's your most memorable on-screen moment? Ooh ah, <laughs> on-screen. Yes, Ooh, something that when you've been there, you, whatever the production was, and you thought, you know, that was brilliant. Oh, oh, being br not memorable, brilliant. Well, um, memorable in that you. I don't you, think you, I've you... ever been brilliant. Pete. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I've yet to be brilliant. Yeah, well, that, Some people say their performances are, were brilliant I, I, or think they were brilliant. I've never heard anybody say I was brilliant in that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, memorable. So, you know, is there something in your career that you think, yeah, I really enjoy it? It might have been a very small thing, but you've said, yeah, I really enjoyed that. You've remembered it as being a, a, an outstanding moment. Well, let's say my whole career as an actor has been an an outstanding moment for me personally because I've enjoyed 99% of it. Oh, well, we've enjoyed being entertained by your career Yes, you're well. fantastic, Brian. You know, it's been brilliant. Anyway, moving on, let's go for question number three. If you could visit any period in time, which period would it be? Well, if you go back, there was a lot of hardship. You know, if, I mean, if you were a shepherd, you never had uh, central heating, did you? And you had six kids a wife had all the sheep in one little hut in the middle of a field. So I wouldn't want to go back. Okay, well you can, get, you can choose like to go to, to the future here. if you want. No, no, I don't, I don't want to go into the future. No, I mean, who'd want to go and live on Mars? Oh, dear. Who'd want to be, <laughs> We're actually going to be doing a podcast on that. A, you know, do you want to be cooped up in a spaceship? A, a claustrophobia, here I come. <laughs> Right, so, so it's a good answer. It's, yeah. it's the modern uh, Elizabethan age, then. There we go. Uh, question four If you could meet up with anyone, living or dead, from history and have a conversation over dinner, who would you choose? I've always said I, I quite like Wedgwood Ben, the uh, 
Labour uh, MP, um, uh, what's his name, Hillary Benn's father. Um, but I'd like a few other people around as well. Okay, we can be a dinner party. If you yeah. want to add some people in, That's cool. we can have a dinner party. I, li- I like a, a dinner party with Boris, Boris, uh, Boris, what's his name? Carl. The Johnsonian, <laughs> the big bully blonde boy, um, and Wedgwood Ben, myself. Um, Hitler and Winston Churchill. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> that would get very heated. That would get very heated. There'd be a lot, lot, of, lot of buns flying yeah. across the table. <laughs> I definitely think censorship in politics would come in on that one. Um, question five. Question five. What's your all-time favourite movie? Um, I, I do quite like The Deer Hunter because Ooh, yeah. it talks about friendship, love, War, quite an Irish stew, really. And it's Robert De Niro. You can't get it wrong. U- Ukrainians. Were they Ukrainians? I think they were uh, lived in the Middle West. And yeah, I, I do. I do like the, the Deer Hunter. And of course, I, I just think that um, I call him. I never met him. Bobby De Niro is one of our greatest all-time actors presently. Yeah. Well, you can also have him at your dinner if you like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, he fall asleep. <laughs> right, final question, Brian. Final question, you ready? Yeah. Right. If you could come back as any animal, which animal would you choose? You know what you know what I say, Pete? You I know do. What I'm gonna say. I do. You go say it for me. It wouldn't be an otter by any chance, would it? By any chance God, you should have put money on that, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know you love you love otters. I love being in water. I really, I really do. I mean, I was a lifeguard at Butlins. Uh, I don't really like going in the sea, though. But I like, I like swimming pools. Since I was a kid, swimming pools. I was a lifeguard at Butlins, and I go three times to our local spa. At, at, uh, the gym. I don't go to the gym because uh, I can't lift weights anymore. I don't smoke anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that was a very subtle joke there, Pete. Lift weights. Lift weights. Players' weights. Oh, oh, as Medium in the cigarettes. Oh, yes, as in the cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I've just got the boys. Yeah. The boys are looking at me and they're puzzled <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Different generation, well, you see. I'll, I'll leave you with hey diddly dee an octopus life for me splash 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 here I go again hey diddly dee. I'm going now. Okay, Brian. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on the Now We Know show. Thank you so much. Would you come back again? I'll come back again. We can talk about... Uh, oh, oh uh, well, we'll have to think about that, won't we? Yeah, I, 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 we, we'll, we'll figure that one out. But, uh, yeah, we would love to have you back on the show at a future date. Thank yes. you. Thank- All right, Pete. Okay, uh, you take care, I'm Brian. I'll see you at a convention or even, even on set. Well, you never know. If you need a hand at a convention, give us a bell. I'm always there. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, my friend. Love you. You take care, Bye-bye Brian. And thank you so much. Yes, bye-bye. You're thank a star. Bye for now. See ya. Bye. Bye. Well, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. I love that. That was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's so good to have Brian on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've known him for a few years now, and I, I was really pleased that uh, yeah, he approached us and asked if he could come on the show. So a very fascinating topic to actually talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we tackled some big subjects, but yeah. hopefully uh, you realise that we're... It was in a controlled manner. Yeah, at least. I mean, you, got, you, know, you can't avoid being heavy at times, Yeah, you know, and controversial at times, but that's what it's about. Exactly. Uh, it's the Now We Know show, and hopefully we've... We've learned a few things. Mm. Uh, Chewed the cud, as I like to call it. (laughs) 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe to this channel and comment below any suggestions of topics or activities you'd like to listen to in future episodes. So that's a big gore blimey gov. EastEnders goodbye from Buzz. That's a big Cygnus Alpha goodbye from Jack. And it's a big shut up Good- ah! goodbye from Zach. You just knocked my jelly babies everywhere. Oh, simple no would have sufficed. Now we no show. show. Now we no show. Now we no show. Now we no show. Now we no. Now we no. Now we no. Now we no show. Now we no show. Now we no show. Now we no show. Now we no show.